Hello, and welcome to another Meta Media Group production of On Purpose Magazine, featuring interesting, inspiring, educational, and entertaining stories, discussions, and interviews of purpose, with purpose, on purpose. Hello, everybody. This is J.W. Nigerian, and I'm here today with Robbie Prakash, and you're from JPL. What is your official title there, Descent Landing Guru? I, what is that? I like to call myself a rocket scientist, but um, in reality, I'm an entry, entry descent and landing engineer. <laughs> yes, I love that. The, uh, so when everybody talks about, about this not being rocket science, in your case, it is. It actually is. It actually is. <laughs> it's it's as, tough as, as tough as it sounds. <laughs> There you go. Well, listen, I have you on today, and I'm so uh, grateful and uh, honored to have you here today and excited because this is, so anybody catches this late, we're, this is the Saturday before the Sunday uh, where you guys are going to land uh, nothing short of a small car on Mars. That's right. Curiosity is a beast. It is five times as massive as the Mars Exploration Rover's Spirit and Opportunity that we landed before on Mars. Um, and it has a lot more science instruments that it's going to carry to Mars. So we're really excited about this mission. Yeah, this is a big deal because, um, you know, before you, you've, you've used some rockets, uh, you've, bounced, uh, you've bounced some balloons to land. This one, you're using a, a rocket-powered sky crane to put something that's one ton. So that's about the weight of a Volkswagen Beetle, and it's probably the size of a, of a Mini Cooper. Uh, uh, you know, and you're going to lay it down on its wheels. So, in, in, a very, in a very small area, I mean, an area that you guys, uh, it's not you're just not laying this wherever, you can, wherever it lands. You guys have picked a, a very small area to get this thing into. That's right. We, so we're landing this, this beast of a rover, Curiosity, um, using this different method because previous methods like airbags um, wouldn't work. If we had to scale up the airbags that landed, it's an opportunity for this mission. They would just be so massive that it would be hard to, it'd, it'd be, it would make it too tough. It would be too massive, too chaotic to land uh, this big of a rover on Mars. Um, so we had to invent a new way, and we did that with the Skycrane Maneuver, which, like you said, it said it's basically a rocket-powered backpack that the rover wears, and it releases itself from the, from the backpack on a, on a bridle, um, on three bridles, and it touches down on the surface and says, hey, cut me off. And then it, it, uh, it releases its backpack, and the backpack flies away, far enough away to where it don't, doesn't land on top of the rover. And then we uh, we get ready to start our mission. Yeah, and, and this is a mission to uh, you know. I guess this thing has a, a ton of great equipment on it: lasers and uh, rock uh, crunchers. I understand that it's uh, it's a pretty smart robot from 25 feet away. It can look at a rock and see if it's even interesting enough to mess with. That's right. It's doing the next level of science. Um, we keep increasing the level of, of information that we can get from our our Mars missions. Um, and this is doing the next level. This is looking for, before we were looking for, let's follow the water. Let's find water on Mars. And now that we've right. done that, we want to know, could Mars have supported life in the past, or um, can it support life presently or in the future? And that's what this rover is going to do. All right. And this, you guys, uh, this thing took off November of, um, of uh, last year, correct? So it's that's right, up, a couple of days uh, after eight, Thanksgiving. Eight, over eight months uh, and as we were talking just before we got on this phone call, you were saying right now you guys are not that busy. It's pretty much taking care of itself. Is that right? That's right. Um, we, we automate a lot of things on the spacecraft so that things go as planned and we test it beforehand. Um, and especially this is the case for landing. So when we these, – these seven minutes of terror that you might have heard about, 
It takes seven minutes to go from 13,000 miles an hour, five times as fast as a speeding bullet, to a screeching halt on the surface of Mars. And, and during this time, we can't do anything. We, we are hands-off because it takes 14 minutes for a signal from Earth to go to Mars. So we couldn't right. control and this. Right, this is a seven-minute event. I seven you guys call exactly. seven minutes of terror. Exactly. And so thousands of things are automated during this landing sequence to make sure it goes off just as we expect. And we test this thing a lot of times. However, um, we can't ever recreate Mars on Earth. And so right. we test it to our, the best of our ability. We never test everything together because that would be, that's sort of impossible. Um, and so the first time this thing actually does what it's supposed to do is when it goes to Mars and lands. Right, and I want to talk about that for a second. But let's go back. Ravi, um, uh, you're, you know, we've called you a rocket scientist. You're the descent and landing engineer. Um, you have your uh, Bachelor of Science in Aerospace uh, from the University mm-hmm. of Texas and yeah. your um, Master's from Georgia Institute of Science. You've been working in, at, at JPL since 2005. I mean, are you, do you feel like one of the luckiest people in the world to be working out there? I do. You know, um, this is, JPL is the only place that gets to do, gets, that gets to do these things. Um, we, get to, we get to send missions to Mars. How many people get to say that? So it's definitely very cool to be able to say, um, not only do I work at JPL, but I work on this Mars mission that's going to land um, in, in a day and a half. Um, right, and I and, asked and also, for you specifically, uh, Ravi, because since you're the um, one of the descent and landing engineers, because I kind of wanted to go over and just how how many things can go wrong here, uh, and this is very important. This is a very important mission for uh, JPL. You know, first of all, thousands of things are happening on board this just during the descent. Uh, anything can go wrong at any time, and if this is a if you know. Like the balloon, if it landed upside down, it could right itself. If this thing doesn't land on its six wheels, uh, it's pretty much a dead mission at that point. Is that correct? That, that would be true, um, and, and this mission will land on its wheels. It, uh, we've, we've done a lot of testing um, to make sure that it, that it will land exactly like it's supposed to. Um, well, like you the, said, it, but it, it, it isn't tested. And, and when you think about the series of things that has to happen, first, you know, this thing has to come into the atmosphere. Um, it's a it's a, a very thin atmosphere, but it does get it does have to deal deal with heat. So it has to go through the atmosphere, and then uh, you could probably tell this better than me. And uh, what a parachute has to open at the right time. Uh, yeah, the heat shield has mm-hmm. to get take, be taken off the vehicle at the right time. The vehicle has to drop from the rock the rocket the sky crane at the right time. And even it looks I couldn't even figure it out until I went and looked at some pictures. It looks like after it lays it nicely on the planet's surface that it has the potential to land on top of it if, or if it doesn't disengage, pull the, pull the vehicle to, a, you know, over or something. I mean, so many things could go wrong. It's scary. I, I, if I were you, I'd be biting my nails. <laughs> and we, we probably will be biting our nails because you're right. There are, there are literally thousands of things that have to go right for us to land on Mars successfully. Um, and it's, it's hard business. The, like you said, the atmosphere of Mars is a hundred times thinner than it is on Earth. And so... So if we were to land on Earth, inflating a parachute would slow us down quite a, quite a bit. On Mars, right. even though we're, we're deploying a seven-story tall parachute, <laughs> this parachute is not – that's right, it's huge, right, 70 feet. This wow. parachute is still not – it's not big enough to finish the job. It, it slows us down to about 150 miles an hour. And so at that point, we use rockets, and, and everything that had to happen in between has to go right. We fire the rockets, it has to make sure that the, the rover stays upright – then it has to release the rover at the right point and then cut itself off and land far away. And, and yeah, it's, it's definitely very tricky business. 
Right, and I mean this is important uh, mainly because one of the big things is uh, obviously we need to, we want the feedback, we want the thing to work and be a success. But JPL has been going through funding issues um, for the last few years, and if this mission were to be a big failure, I know it's not. I mean you guys are incredible out there. But if something did happen, this could this could hurt JPL in getting funding in the future for Mars projects. Is is that correct? There's definitely the potential, especially in this in this market in this economy. For for this to hurt a failure to hurt NASA's funding, sure. Um, but we we definitely hope for the best. We even even if the worst were to happen, we hope that people realize that this is a very tough mission. It may be possible that that no one on Earth could land this thing on Mars. But if there is a group, I guarantee that group is here at JPL because I get to work with the the smartest people I know. Um, well, you know it's I funny hope, because yeah. I happen to live down the street from JPL. And uh, you know, I went into your, the local market, which is the Trader Joe's. You probably mm-hmm. know Trader Joe's in, in the Lockheed yeah. area. <laughs> and That's you right. always see the JPL cars parked out. But, you know, you always see somebody from JPL there. And I was talking to the guy the other day when I was picking up my groceries, and he says, these guys were in here last week, but we haven't seen them all week. They haven't left their desks. <laughs> That's right. What's funny is we even have – there's cots that are at JPL. Uh-huh. Because of this mission, and so the idea is that if you have to work late, you can take a re- take a nap for a little while and then get back to work. Um, so they, yeah, that's right. So they they want to make sure that you you get the rest you need, but that you you have the resources you need to finish your job. But I know none of you guys are complaining, are you? You're so excited. We we love our job so much that there's not much to complain about. Okay, yeah, that's that's so cool. I mean, it, it's so great to have that happening, and I'm you know I'm a uh, a space uh, aficionado from way back when I was a kid, and I got to be I got to work with NASA for a while, and uh, very happy about that experience. I mean, it's just a dream come true. So I could just imagine what working at JPL is like. Um, l- let's talk about the the mission a little bit more. I'll pull you away from the political. Why the Gale Crater? So what what's great about Gale Crater is that because it's a crater, we see layers and layers of depth on Mars. It's like being able to dig through the surface of Mars and see the history of Mars. And mm-hmm. so by landing inside the crater, and we're going to crawl our way out, we get to see what was Mars like way back in the past and then a little bit closer to the future, uh, to the recent, to the present. And we keep mm-hmm. inching our way towards the present, and so we get a, a, a history of, of Mars. Oh, okay. So the, the, the uh, whatever hit Mars at that time has... Uh, dug down into its deeper layers, you get to see the timelines. Exactly, exactly. And unfortunately, that's, that's probably my knowledge on science. <laughs> okay, that's good. Well, one of the things you do know about is there's something, uh, there's a couple things on this uh, that we've heard about on this particular vehicle uh, that have to do with the landing that are a little special. And the one is something you've tested. Uh, I, I read a story about you testing out in the 110-degree desert, the, the, this radar system that you're using. Could you tell me about that? That's right. So, so because we're using the sky crane, we need to know our position above the ground and how fast we're going more accurately than previous missions. Right. No um, GPS and so, on Mars, right? Exactly. And so what we had to do was we had to invent a new radar. And the guys at JPL did this, um, but we had to make sure that it's going to work. And so because the radar has to work from a range of conditions, when we're going very slow, close to the surface of Mars, to even when we're going very fast on the parachute, this radar has to work. And so what we do is we test the radar. Um, what you read was in the desert. We went to mm-hmm. China Lake, which is um, just a couple hours, a few hours north of, of JPL. Um, and we tested this, this radar by, by hooking it up to this, uh, there were these two towers with a rope in between. 
and the, the radar was in the middle, and we just raised it and lowered it, raised it and lowered it until we, were, we felt confident that it would work um, at slow velocities, at slow speeds. Mm-hmm. We also took the radar on a helicopter, and the helicopter gave us, um, what if we were going a little bit faster than just up and down? Um, what if we were going over different types of terrain, different landing surfaces? How would the radar behave? And then finally, we took the radar on an F-18 jet. So we went super fast. We did all these crazy maneuvers, and sure enough, the radar still worked. And so we felt wow. confident that, that no matter what our speed is on Mars, no matter how high above the Mars surface we are, this radar will work. Well, that, that's incredible. And this thing is, uh, does this thing, uh, since it takes so long to get signal back, is this thing loaded to sensors that take care of uh, uh, some of the conditions that would help the thing land or right itself or make sure that it knows where it's at? Exactly. So this radar will help the, the spacecraft make, it, make its own decision about when it needs to um, release the heat shield or, I'm sorry, not the heat shield, when it needs to uh, fall, from the, fall from the parachute. When, he, when it needs to cut itself from the parachute, when it needs to, when the rover has to release itself from the rocket backpack, um, and of course, uh, everything in between. Yeah, so that's what triggers the event. That's really cool. That's <laughs> because you don't have the eyes, you can't get the eyes there. Um, I understand you guys also were, were, uh, I mean, you have a couple cameras on this thing. This thing's going to be um, a shutter, a shutter bug, as they call it, uh, on Mars for the next Martian year, which is, I understand, 98 weeks. But you guys actually put also a camera on the uh, on the vehicle so that you could capture some of the descent. Uh, you're going to be able to get that back after 14 minutes or months or well, when when is that going to come out? So we're hoping that we get a a thumbnail of one of the pictures that it took shortly after landing. Um, but but the entire sort of video, um, which is just a, basically a compilation of several pictures won't come back until possibly weeks or even even later after landing, just because they do pictures and video take up a lot of a lot of bandwidth, if right. you will. Um, but and yeah, we're really excited to have pictures. They are yes, they are, and, and we're really excited to have for the first time a picture of us landing on Mars um, and that <laughs> that process. And this is really exciting for for the entire landing team as well as the entire project. Right, and you know, and, and more exciting things to come because you know this is. This is, you know, phase, not even phase one. I'm sure launch and building of the thing was phase one. I don't know what phase you'd call this. But you guys are actually going to start driving around in this uh, this uh, pretty spiffed-out vehicle, 20-inch wheels, I understand. And it goes all this, I think it has, a, I don't know, one-tenth of a horsepower because it goes one-tenth of a mile per hour. So, I mean, a little speed <laughs> demon up there, right? It is, it, is, um, it is very, very slow. And the reason that the rover goes so slow is because, because we can't control it like a remote control car because of the time delay, we have to make sure that this rover doesn't get stuck before we can help it out. Right. And so we want it to go very cautiously. It's, it's really a national asset that's on Mars, and we want to make sure that we take care of it as best we can. Oh, and you guys have a lot of um, practice at this. I mean, because the last rovers that went up were supposed to last, what, three to six months, and they lasted six years. So That's right. Not they have bad. definitely well outlived their lifespan, and we, we all definitely <laughs> hope for the best for curiosity. Well, listen, we uh, we appreciate everything you guys are doing up uh, out there. I know it's going to be really exciting. Uh, this thing is going to land um, now. It says 11 a.m. Um, on August 6th, that's Sunday, 11 a.m. IST. What is IST? Oh, IST would probably be Indian Standard Time. Oh, okay. And I'm not sure. I was reading one of the articles for, from you uh, from the oh, Indian newspaper. That's probably where yeah. I got that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, so Pacific time, it will be about 10.30 p.m. 
Oh, 10.30 uh, p.m. That's right, but coverage starts well before that, around 8.30 p.m. So I, I encourage everyone to, to go to nasa.gov, um, and from there there will be a link to watching, watching us in Mission Control and watching the awesome animation that we have that shows, um, as we're getting data from the real spacecraft, we're populating this animation, and it's showing us what the spacecraft is actually doing on Mars. That's great. We're going to be watching you guys doing a bunch of high fives. And then in September, we have more to look forward to, because that's when you guys are actually going to start uh, uh, moving this thing around a little bit, right? That's right. Yeah, we're very excited about that moment. Why does it take so long to, for you guys to get from, that, from the landing stage to that? What, what, what's occurring between that, those periods? We, we want to make sure that our rover is healthy. And I'm not sure that we'll take all the way to September before we start driving. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully it will just take sometime in mid-August mid or so. But we have to make sure this rover is very, very healthy. We have to understand where did we land, what is the environment around there, and how do we want to get to our destination on Mars. Right. Well, this is going to be really exciting, very happy for you guys. We're crossing our fingers and, and our legs and everything else. <laughs> everything we got we can cross, we're crossing it. And, uh, <laughs> and I know you guys are going to do super and have a great time. Um, Robbie mm -hmm. Prakash uh, from JPL. He's the uh, descent. He's one of the descent and landing engineers there. Robbie, I, I know you're uh, you're doing. You got 400 different people from the press or 400 different press outlets out there. So I know you're busy as heck. So I really appreciate your time. This is JW Nigerian from On Purpose Magazine saying, uh, "Have a great day and a, a better tomorrow." Thank Thanks you, Thank you for listening to our Meta Media Group production of On Purpose Magazine. You can find On Purpose Magazine at onpurposemagazine.com. On Purpose Magazine and JW On Purpose is the property and is a trademark of Meta Media Group, and this audio is copyright 2012, and all rights are reserved.